Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us, as right now we present. We have got a tremendous author and uh, program for you today. Uh, her name is Kim Langling, and she is right over there. And uh, we're going to talk about her her work that she does, a TV show that she does. She's all over the place. <laughs> and uh, um, we're going to talk about her and, and all of that stuff. So first of all, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I am doing awesome. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. It is going to be fun. Well, first of all, what is it that, what is it that you do? Well, what I do is I <laughs> like my radio voice. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I've been told actually, I have one too. <laughs> you have a radio voice as well. I, I'm actually a co-host um, on a weekly 15 minute radio show called Voices for Vets here in my local area. It's on a local classic rock station. So I, we always banter back and forth about my radio voice. But uh, so that's one thing that I do. It's uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge uh, advocate for veterans and those who live with PTSD. So I, I've for over 25 years been helping helping veterans out quietly on the back end when they need it. Um, outside of that, that's in my personal side, volunteer side. I'm an author and actually this month getting ready to have published my fourth anthology that I coordinated called When Hope Found Me. So I'm kind of excited about that. And I'm a podcast host of Let Fear Bounce podcast. So that's fun. I've been doing that for a couple of years. And I'm also the host of a television show that's an online streaming television show called The Right Stuff, W-R-I-T-E, The Right Stuff, The Author's Voice. And it's all the, all the episodes are authors from all over the world, from those who have just started writing to USA Today and New York Times bestsellers. They come on and they share why they write, their journey, how they got to where they're at. Just, you know, so we can find out more about the authors. And then, you know, they share a little bit about their books as well. You That's know, what I do. <laughs> and that's plenty. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing about that is, is that people will assume that are listening to this. It's like, you just kind of fell into this and it just kind of happened. But no, you made it happen in uh, every step of the way. Everything that you've done, you've made it happen. Was there a moment in your life when you decided that this is the direction you wanted to take it? Yes, actually. It's an exact moment. Uh, when the, the world closed its doors in the pandemic, so many businesses and companies shut their doors as well. And mine was one of them. Well, I was a sales and marketing director. So I was a road warrior. I had to be traveling all the time to visit customers. Well, everybody's doors were shut. and I didn't have any place to travel. So they didn't really need me and they didn't know, no one knew how long this shutdown lockdown thing was going to last. And so I was nicely let go. Um, and there's no hard feelings or anything. And I saw it coming and we had a long talk about it, but I lost my job. And I was at a point in my life the next day, I'm sitting on the edge of my bed when I woke up and I'm like, all right, Kim, 24 hours to be angry. Be as mad as you want. Go out in the backyard, yell, scream, swear, throw sticks and stones, whatever you want to do. And I did. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 50s and I had not been in that position. There I am. With my I, job. I can and, only imagine. And, yeah, and, and it was not a fun feeling. And so I gave myself 24 hours to be angry and then that was it. Then I'm like, all right, after that, Kim, you're pulling up your big girl panties and you're going to sit down, figure out what it is that you're good at, what you love doing, what you're passionate about and what you have a true heart for. And I started writing in 2004 and having, you know, articles and different things published in different magazines and that, but it was the stuff I did in the evenings to keep busy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I liked it and I like sharing other stories. So I, you know, I, I interviewed like dozens and dozens of veterans and shared their stories in local newspapers and stuff like that. And then I thought, you know, I can, I can do something with that. So I started coordinating anthologies, reaching out to people and saying, Hey, 
I know you have a story, a personal story. You know, I reached out to people I knew and I said, is that something that you would want to share, you know, with the world, <laughs> even though you've never shared it with anybody else? You want to share it with the world now? <laughs> we'll change the name to protect the innocent. Right, right. So uh, I, I started doing that, writing my own stories and coordinating anthologies. In that first 12 months, I had three books published, three anthologies. Um, wow. And then in the midst of that, it was just because I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to make it happen. I'm not going to send resumes out anymore. I'm in my 50s. And quite honestly, I don't want a 30-year-old boss because I know more than they do. So and that was my mindset. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to send my resume. Out. I'm just, so I made that decision. Then I was like, well, then you darn well better make something happen. So I started doing the books. And then one morning I woke up and I went, you know, I'm, I'm seeing all kinds of stuff and hearing stuff online about podcasting. I don't even know what that's about. <laughs> and this is just three years ago. So I Googled it. And for two hours, did some research. <laughs> this is how it all started. I Googled it and for about two hours was researching and like microphones and lights and all this. I'm like, oh my gosh, it seems like a lot. But then I realized, you know, I could set up a, a nice little area for about 150 bucks or less just to get me started. Because I already had a laptop and the computer and all that stuff. So I thought, all right, well, why not try it? So literally two hours after I started Googling, I recorded my first podcast. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it anyway. And so here we are two years later. I'm, I've just recorded like my 154th episode and just, I've met amazing people from all over the world. And then from my podcast is how the television show came. I was a guest on someone else's podcast and they said, you know, you've got like great energy and we know of a, a brand new television network that's looking for dynamic hosts for a family friendly, clean network. And your story is great. And you're an author. And what is it that you want to do if you were to have a show? And it was just immediate. I said, I, I want to spotlight authors. And they said, you don't want the show about you? And I'm like, no, who wants to hear about me? I want to spotlight authors. And I go, so I would probably do something like that. And then I thought about it two or three days, chewed on it for a little bit. And then I'm like, well, why shouldn't you do it, Kim? Why not? Take a chance on yourself again. And so I did. And so that was almost two years ago now. And the shows, there's eight episodes up now. And I'm currently recording season two. There's 12, se 12, show, 12 episodes to a season. And, uh, that's streaming online on like Amazon Prime, Fire Stick, Roku, Samsung, LG Smart, all different kinds of platforms. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing the last three years. <laughs> you should I know be it's insane. It's insane. People look at me, they're like, are you crazy? And I'm like, a little. <laughs> well, what did your friends and family say? Was it well, well, first of all, before I go there, I want to ask you this because there, there's a, there are people out there. Because I, I also traveled for a living for, for like five or six years. And there are people out there that just say, well, you know, golly, you get to fly around these places. You get to go, you know, you get preferential treatment at the rental car place. You get to stay in nice. You got a company credit card. You just throw it down and, and you can buy drinks for people and you can go out to nice dinners and that, and, uh, I did that for five years until one night I was sitting in Salem Springs, Arkansas, uh, in the third story of a uh, Motel 6. It's the only thing in Arkansas that you can get. And getting room service from McDonald, watching CNN on a Tuesday night. And I'm going, nope, this is, there's got to be a better way to live than this. And, you um, know, people don't realize that when you travel, what it is is hotel rooms, hotel conference rooms, airports, airplanes, rental cars. You don't have time. And your days are like 16, 17 hour days. Yes. You don't have time to go do anything fun. No, you don't. And you're, <laughs> Pardon me. You're, you're busy working all the time. And all the time. And then at nighttime, when you get back to your hotel room, after having that late dinner, that late, really nice dinner, 
and you get back to your hotel room at nine or 10, you have to answer all the emails that have been blasting through your phone or your computer all day. Yeah, it's not, to me, it's not fun. And I did, it was tiring. It, it got tiring quickly for me. And my worst was Valentine's Day. I was flying home from California via Alabama. And so we landed in Alabama and I'm like, all right, rushing to catch my, my neck, my connection because we were cutting it really, really close. And I get there and there's like hundreds of people complaining. I'm going, Oh no, what happened? Well, there was a blizzard up home where I was live, where I lived. So the airports were closed down. So Valentine's day, this is how fun traveling is folks. <laughs> they shuttled us to this scary hotel and mine my room was the kind that had a door to the outside so it was an outside door it wasn't internal it didn't shut it still had like an inch gap and it didn't shut so i moved the desk and the chair in front of it and then i tied stuff up top so it would make noise if someone was trying to get in and then as i'm like thinking oh this is i'm not going to sleep tonight at all and I'm hungry, I'm starving, and I have to walk a long ways to the only thing that's there is KFC, and it's Valentine's Day. So I'm getting my stuff ready and to go, you know, like run as fast as I can to KFC because it was not in a great neighborhood either where they took oh. us. I couldn't believe it. I, I'm going, I don't fit in. Um, and this guy comes and knocks on the door and he puts his eye up to the crack. And I'm like, and I said, yes. And he goes, you got to shut this door. It's not safe. And I went, it doesn't shut. <laughs> it won't shut. It was, I'll see if I can get somebody to take care of it for you. And I went, but who are you? <laughs> <laughs> All I see is an eyeball. <laughs> exactly. So that was, you know, when I finally got home and then it was the next day, of course. And then when I got home, I had to chip off like a half an inch ice off my car out of the long-term parking lot and drive two hours to get home. By the time I got home, I was really, really sick. I mean, like with a horrible flu. And I went, I don't want to travel anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm all, well, and that, that hotel that you were staying at, when you went to the front desk, I'm sure they said, so do you want to rent an hour or is this going to be all night? They just, they just assigned us rooms. We didn't even get a choice. They just said, this is your room. Here's your key. Because there was hundreds of us that were stranded. Hundreds. So they were, I'm sure, uh, filling up every hotel they could find or, or yes. flea now the bag. Best or... One, the best one, I was flying home from Birmingham, England, and Ooh. something caught on fire in the plane. And I'm sitting there going, we'd only been flying for about a half hour. And I went, it feels like we're turning. And I look at the person beside me, they're like, no, no, we're not turning. I'm like, oh, we're tilted. We're turning. And I went, I smell smoke. <laughs> and then all the lights went out. All the electric went out. And I'm going, oh, oh gosh, oh gosh. And then the, the captain of the plane, the pilot comes on, says, um, we're experiencing some electrical difficulties. <laughs> so we are being rerouted to Shannon, Ireland. Well, I had never been to Ireland before. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> We're on fire and we have no electric and I'm going to Ireland. <laughs> Won't that be fun? You know, the, we didn't, you didn't get a chance to do anything, but we were there for a day and a half and oh, we, our hotel, we had a really, really nice hotel. The people were wonderful to us. They treated us really, really well. And we would, we had the chance to go out and wander around the countryside where we were at. And there was a castle like right across this, beautiful rolling green hill and i'm like well if this is the place i needed to land if i was stuck in ireland so i can say i've been to ireland now <laughs> do you have any idea who lives in the castle or what what the history of it was no no because we didn't get to it was a long walk oh oh it <laughs> was rolling all hills of ireland you know you kind of look and you're like oh that looks pretty close and then you walk for 45 minutes and we're like it's not as close as we thought it's still the same looks the same as it did 45 minutes ago <laughs> But it was beautiful, you know, so that was, you know, that was kind of scary for a minute. I let myself be scared for a minute. And I'm like, oh, Kim, 
it is what it is. We're going to roll with whatever happens, you know? And then I just kept telling myself, you get to go to Ireland. You get to go to Ireland. That was, you know, my six-year-old brain trying to keep myself from being afraid. (laughs) Well, you know, I flew a lot and there were times when you would think that there was a problem. We never had a problem like that though, where we, we we had turbulence and that kind of thing, but never had the lights go out. And then you're going, uh, when did I pray last? Um, Right. I'd be, uh, what did, what did I do wrong yesterday that I need to attune to tune atone for today? Cause I'm going to die now. It was, it was an odd feeling. It really was. It was almost surreal. And when we landed, everybody, everybody just erupted, you know, screaming, yelling. Um, And then we were stuck there for a day and a half. Um, But every, you know, they took care of us. They, they fed us and our hotels and everything was taken care of. We didn't have to pay any of that. Um, And, you know, it was, it was actually very, very pleasant. They made it as pleasant as they could for 273 people that were stranded, you know, on, they weren't invited. We just showed up. (laughs) Well, I can just imagine the conversation that the airline had with the hotel, which would have been these folks almost burned up. And so they're still here. And so we're going to put them in your hotel. Um, The the, the one time that that happened to me kind of was going to uh, San Francisco. Have you ever gone to the San Francisco airport? Yes. It's right there on the bay. Yeah. And it, it's like you are over water, you're over water, you're going down, you're going down, you're going down, you're still over water, and you're going, does this guy know what he's doing? And yeah. this, San Francisco is also very windy. So it was like we were going down, down to the water. And then right at the last minute, you're underground, or you're on, you see the ground. And, you see <laughs> right. and it's like, and so everybody, of course, got up and pl- applauded the. Uh, captain that that time but but so did you ever have one of those those landings where there's a crazy crosswind happening and the pilot brings you in the plane sideways yes that's how i landed in san francisco (laughs) i'm like we're going sideways it's like i'm holding on to like whoever the stranger's arm is next to me And, you know, it would be fun if you could anticipate it. And it was like this was like at Disneyland and this was a a simulation. But this is real. Shoes the expression. This is real. That was the trip that on my way home, I got stuck in Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Which I can think of. I I used to sell chicken. And so I, I went to the south a great deal. And I can think of many places I'd like to go. Uh, Sadly, Alabama ain't one of them. Well, I, what I saw wasn't great. <laughs> no. I'm sure there's much, much better than what I saw. I was confined to my room with a door that wouldn't shut. <laughs> and, and you couldn't even get to the KFC, which is the only thing in town. And, and then you oh. have no luggage. Right? <laughs> That's right. You wouldn't. No. And you know what I learned early on traveling? Always carry at least a t-shirt, socks, underwear, toothbrush, and hairbrush in your tote or purse or whatever. Exactly. Always. Exactly. So I did. So I was like, well, at least I have a clean t-shirt and underwear to sleep in. You, <laughs> it, was just, it was a nightmare trip. You become a seasoned traveler when you, when you do that. <laughs> a, a oh yes. And I do it now all the time. Anytime I go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so smart. So, smart. It's, it's called experience. Right. Oh, which so is, there's, which, a tip, there's a tip for everybody watching and listening in. When you exactly. travel, carry when a t-shirt travel, underwear in your purse. <laughs> exactly, and and make sure that you've you've got enough stuff that uh, to keep you occupied and uh, and stuff. And and oh, and also a charger. Got to have your phone charger in. Absolutely. In. Don't put it in your suitcase. No, because your suitcase may end up in Ireland, and you're in Alabama. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) You don't want that to happen to you. But okay, so we digress, and I so I want to move forward. (laughs) Did we? Did we? (laughs) We were we went all the way back to the traveling days, and there are tons of stories about about. It's it's like for me, 
um, after I got done traveling and I did the radio show for a while and I had to give that up, I was a bus driver for 12 years. So I've got lots of bus driving stories that I could share, but that's a story for another time. But um, I wanted to, to, to mention, to talk to you because there was a point in time when you made this cataclysmic shift in everything that you were doing and people around you were going, what in the hell is she thinking? Um, how did, how did, did, did they, did they come, come around to your way of thinking or do they still think what in the hell is she thinking? I think some were too nice to say anything. It was my family that said, what are you doing? Are you, can you make a living doing that? Can you make any money doing this? How are you going to pay your bills? It was constant. And I, I had to put up a wall against that. Yeah. Because I said, I can't, you're dumping negative energy on me. And that's not going to help me. It would be nice if you just said, that is so, you know, courageous, Kim. Good luck. What can we do to help? But that's that was, not that what was. I heard. <laughs> and that was from that was from the people closest to me. Now, those that like were coworkers or other people that I know, they were like, oh my goodness, that is awesome. Do it. You're gonna be brilliant. <laughs> you know, and if you've got something you need us to help you share stuff on social media, send it. I will share it to as much as we can for you. I mean, and that's that's how it started. And I just, you know, I said, I cannot let that negativity land on me. I just can't um, no. because no. I'm going to make this happen. And everybody else, I, they weren't saying it to be mean. They were saying it in love and concern. And I understand that. But I also knew that there was a, there was like a little spark of something inside me that needed to be a little brighter that I had probably dimmed over the years. And I'm like, well, I'm going to let my light shine. I'm going to let my light shine. I dimmed it because I wasn't able to be Kim for a long time. I was always wife or mom or this or that. And now I'm at a life, a uh, point in my life where it's me and my dog. And I'm like, wow, who is Kim? Cause you go by so many titles and I'm like, I'm in my fifties and I'm just now figuring out who and what I can be. And you know what? I'm enjoying the journey. Isn't it a marvelous time and a place to be? And it's like I had the same experience. When I started Positive Talk Radio in 2003, my friends and family were like, have you lost your mind? Are you nuts? Can you make any money at this? And so I would even do the, um, you know, pencil it out and say, this is, I can sell this advertising. This is what I can get. And da, 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 da. It happened that way, but that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, but I had one guy, I went to a, a, um, um, a dinner for where I used to work, which was U.S. Food Service had a dinner and the, um, procurement manager had had too much to drink and he came up to me and he was saying, you know, you're doing such a wonderful thing. I wish I had the balls to do that, but I just don't, you know, and so people that didn't know you thought you're doing you're following your passion. You're doing what you should yeah. do. They wouldn't do it themselves, but right. they're living vicariously through you. And so congratulations. And you should feel really good about who you are and what you're doing because you're making a difference in the world at the same time. And that, that was the other thing. I knew that whenever, whatever it is that I did, I wanted it to have a positive impact wherever it landed, if that makes sense. Uh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no earthly idea. Like, what do you mean positive stuff? And who, does, yeah. who, who wants to do positive stuff anyway? Who does, yeah, who does positive stuff? And even puts positive in like the titles of their shows. I don't know. I can't even imagine why somebody would do such a thing. Um, <laughs> but that, you know, and that was, that was kind of like the driving thing. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to let them drag me down they have more fear than i do just let me do my thing yeah. will i make a lot of money i don't know 
and there were times it was like, wow, I don't really know if I'm going to be able to pay my bills this month, you know, and that first 12 to 16 months, that was not easy. Nope. None of what I do, it might look like I do a lot and ooh, wow, that's amazing. That's cool. But holy Toledo folks, it's a lot of work and it's much, much more than a 40 hour week job. But I if you thought, love what you're doing, if you yeah. love what you're doing, because I do it all myself. I, I don't, I, I've not reached that point where I can pay someone to help me like a virtual assistant or anything like that. When I get to that point, oh my God, I am going to do a happy dance in my backyard with my dog when I reach that point. And I'm slowly creeping there. And I'm like, you know what? This is going at the pace it's meant to go. I'm not going to force it or push it because all that does is put stress on me. And I don't need it. So if I'm going at a turtle pace, I'm going at a turtle pace, but I'm still going forward. So to me, that's a win. Exactly. And by the way, we need to talk before before we get, leave today because uh, I may have a uh, I have a name for you that may help um, with with virtual assistants and stuff. But we'll we'll talk about that. <clears throat> um, but what you're doing and what I'm doing, I you know. And honestly, uh, when I was doing Positive Talk Radio the first time in 2003, it was self-funded as well. And I spent probably $75,000 of my own money and lost it all. And, of course, that's where, <laughs> that's where the wife went. And she went down the same. Uh, anyway, never mind about that. But uh, so, But it was, I felt driven to do it. And I still feel driven to do it, and I can do it now. Things have totally changed. And the universe, I don't know how you feel about the universe, but for me, it is lined up so that I can do this because this is what is required of me, in my opinion. No, I feel the same. And you know you know what, though? There's not a lot of us out there. Not yet. Hopefully there'll be more. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking there's more, but I've not met a whole lot. Um because the fear factor of, oh, it's coming out of your own pocket. and Because oh, I'm sitting there going, oh, should I put this on my credit card? You know, I need this to make this work, to make this work better. And you, you well, you just said 75 grand. Um, I didn't hit, I haven't, I haven't spent that much. But I spent more than I should have that first year. And that I didn't have. And I've never done that in my life. I'm very frugal, very frugal, and I watch every penny, and I know where it's all at, and I don't get anything, really, if I don't need it, you know? You, you and I are of the same cloth. Do you know that? I've got a pair of shoes that I bought three months ago. It's still in the box, in the bag that it was delivered by Amazon, because I'm wearing the old pair of the same style until because they haven't totally worn out yet. Well, and sometimes you have to do that because by the time they do wear out, your favorite shoes, they're not, they're going to be discontinued or something. <laughs> exactly. You have exactly. to think ahead on things like that sometimes. See, we're smart. See how smart we are? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we know what we're doing. We know. We know yes. We know so, what we're doing. So, uh, <laughs> well, you know, there's that thing. There's that thing about trust. Because you've got to trust that what you, if you believe in it, well, let me ask you, I got to ask you this because um, it happens to me all the time. When you are done doing a podcast or doing the radio, by the way, working with the veterans and doing that show, you need to heavy, heavy, heavy congratulations on that. Because uh, that really, um, that that needs to be done. And, and all the things you're doing, and the writing that you're doing in the and the in uh, the TV show, it's it's really is cool. But when you get done with a podcast, do you feel, oh, I'm tired. I've done. I'm or do you feel uplifted? It depends on what the topics were. To be honest, um, usually I'm I'm amped up afterwards. You know, I'm still amped up for a good hour afterwards. But I've had a few guests that just their stories literally just tore my heart apart. Yeah. And it's, yeah, just tore my heart apart. And when that would get done, 
we'd be done and we always chit chat afterwards, you know, so it's like another 20 minutes to half hour afterwards. We're just chit chatting off mic. And there were a few times where I literally just, I, I shut my computer down and just said, I, I have to grab the dog and go for a walk. And I was just done mentally and, you know, emotionally. But typically I'm kind of amped up. I'll like, you know, get everything ready, like downloaded and all of this stuff and everything ready with the promo slides and all of that and working on, you know, like the show notes. And I try and do that. And then I go back at it the next day or whenever it is that I can to really, you know, fine tune everything. But I'm usually pretty amped up about it. But there's actually there's more and more of that lately, more people coming on and our conversations just kind of often my guests will say, wow, I had not anticipated talking about that with you. <laughs> and, you know, wow, didn't expect it to go this direction. And that's why I say, well, that's why I like how we just kind of free flow because I'm getting to know you. I don't want to know your title. I don't care about your title. You know what that title might be. If you know you're, you're a doctor or you have a PhD. I know what, how I say it is. I say, you may have a lot of letters after your name, but that's not what I want to know about. I want to know about you, your name, not the letters after your name. Exactly. And, and even when you're um, interviewing famous people, um, like I've had the opportunity to interview like Neil Donald Walsh and Gary Zukoff and, and John Edward, uh, the psychic and, and, and those folks, they're just people. Right. And you just want to find out about, and I pride myself on asking questions that no one has ever asked them. I, I do the same thing and, I, and it, they just come to you. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and they'll be like, where did you come up with that question? I'm like, I was been floating around in the corner over there and it finally came. <laughs> when I was uh, doing the show originally and I didn't know anything and I was just learning as I was going and I had an assistant that she said, you know, it's the strangest thing happens. And I said, what do you mean? She said, you'll be interviewing somebody and a, thought, a question will come into my head and then it will come out of your mouth. <laughs> How does that happen? And it's, I said, I don't know. It just comes to me. And I just, it just comes to me. So I, I asked the question because it, and she said, that's, that's weird. That's uncanny. Cause that happened. She said it happened all the time and you do the same thing. Yeah. And I didn't realize it until people started saying, you know, after we'd be done, they're like, holy cow, I can't believe I just cried. You know, and these are like men. I cannot believe that I just broke down crying and I had never anticipated sharing what I did. And I'm like, I'm glad you did because obviously you needed to. It just happened to be on something that the whole world can listen to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But did you know that that is a rare and wonderful gift that you have? I'm ridiculously empathetic. And I think you are too. I, I get vibes from people, whether it's, through this medium or in person. And you can, you can catch, at least I do. I, I catch that every once in a while. I could physically feel it. And yep. then, you know, I kind of sit there and listen and watch as they're talking. And then the different questions will come up that have literally nothing to do with why I wanted them on the show. <laughs> you you know, I'm like, out. well, I think I need to ask this question. I think I'm being nudged somehow to ask this particular question question and i've never been told i'd rather not answer <clears throat> no you know and they can any of my guests can say you know i'd rather not talk about that and i'd be like, okay let's move on um but i've never had anybody say that they've literally just some of them have just poured their heart out and you realize as they're talking they probably haven't ever done this and they're releasing they're releasing something that they've been holding on to for so long and they didn't realize just what a negative anchor it was and how it was weighing them down. And I, you know, emails I would get afterwards say, well, you know, wow, I was kind of embarrassed, but I feel so much better. And I just sit there and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll start crying <laughs> reading these emails that I get from some of my guests. I'll be like, Oh my gosh. Okay. I did the right thing. You know, 
<laughs> it's ridiculous. I, I mean, I get really invested when I have a guest on and they're sharing their heart. That's hard. That's a courageous thing to do. And I am over and over again, humbled by what my guests share because they feel safe enough to share it with me. That's humbling, truly, truly humbling. But it's also a rare gift that you have uh, because a lot of, a lot of hosts, I've talked to a lot of people that, that do, um, that are on a lot of podcasts and they say, well, a lot of them will have scripted answers and scripted questions and they'll just read off the list and, and they're not really listening to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. They just want to get through the list and stuff. And so it, it becomes a completely different thing than if you're having a conversation. Oh, I, yeah, I don't. Well, you don't do lists either, do you? Oh, no, I can't. Well, obviously not, because we talked for how long about our travel? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even know before we got on here. I had no idea that you were traveling as well. But see, that's what makes this kind of doing it this way fun. It, it does indeed. It does indeed. And I find out more about people and, and their hopes, their dreams, their desires, where they come from than any other way. I, I can't do it any other way. And I've been told I should, you know, this, according to this manual here, let me show you this manual. It says over here that you're supposed to, see, it says right here, you're supposed to have scripted questions so that people, so that you have everything prepared and stuff. It's like, Fooey, I'm not going to do that. I can't. And they said, then you're never going to be successful. Well, okay then. I, I'll, but I can't do it that way. Right. Um, me either. Because you know what that is? You know, and I've, I've had people tell me that too. Well, I've got this great book that you can, you know, read, Kim, and it tells you just how to do a podcast. And I'm like, do you have a podcast? Oh, well, no. I've been a guest many times. <clears throat> oh, so you've never done one yourself? Well, no, I've been a guest. Okay. I don't need your book. Thank you. <laughs> you know, thank you for thinking of me, but I don't need it because I, to me, you know what that is? That's like having a boss again. Yes. A boss telling you what to do. Yes, indeed. And you maybe can. that's the wrong mindset, but that's, that's how I look at that. And I, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I don't want script. I don't want, a list of 10 questions that I should ask because it would distract me because I'd be like, Oh, Oh, we're running out of time. And I haven't even gotten to question six yet. So I would right. be distracted and you wouldn't even be able to truly listen. And if you're a good host or a good friend, good spouse, whatever, you have to learn the fine art of listening. And yeah. many people don't have it. It is a fine art indeed, in, indeed, because you, if you aren't listening, I, I, I was a, a sales manager and I had 12 guys and gals working for me and it always bothered me that, and occasionally I'd go on, I'd go with, with them into a cold call. Cold calls are hard to do. Yes, they uh, are, but I loved it. <laughs> well, see, you and I are kind of odd that way, uh, but for a lot of folks, and so the it's stressful to do a cold call, and you're trying to get across to the guy why they should buy from you and what you've got and so forth, and so there would be many times we'd be talking with the owner or the buyer, and he would and he would say something, and the salesman that was conducting the cold call, it would go right over their head because they weren't paying attention. They weren't listening to what the man said or the woman said. So because they were formulating in their mind what the, her, their response was going to be to what they thought he said. And, and so they end up, then they regurgitate the same old shit again that they did on the last cold call. And they're not listening to the guy and, and, or the gal. And, and so it fails. Inevitably, it fails because yeah. they're not listening podcasters who don't listen to a guest and are able and not able to pivot based upon the direction that the guest wants to go will not succeed and it won't be very good that's my opinion no i agree and i agree wholeheartedly with it won't be very good i've listened to a few episodes of other folks and you're like wow that just sounds so canned and even the the guest was stiff in their delivery 
of their answers to the questions. And, and I'm like, well, they don't feel comfortable. That's why you're right. Yeah. So I tell, that's why I tell people, I'm like, you know, I do audio only when it's, when I, you know, drop an episode, it's audio only, but we, we're going to record so we can see each other. Come as you are. I, that's what I tell all my guests. Come as you are, grab your favorite cup of coffee or whatever it is. If the dog barks, the baby cries, you have to sneeze, fart, whatever. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> just let it go. And we'll just do this and count to five. And give my give me a buffer to edit. But, you know, don't be embarrassed. Who cares? It's life. We, are, we all have a life to live. And if you're doing this from home and you got a baby or a dog or a cat, you know, the tail keeps going across the screen. <laughs> I've had that too. This cat tail. <laughs> Still so silent, totally silent. And my guest just kept talking, but the cat just kept going back and forth. And I finally had to say, that's your cat. What's your cat's name? I literally had to interrupt her and say, you know, I've, I've seen, I've been watching the tail go back and what's, the, what's the cat's name? <laughs> just See, gotta and, roll with it. And that's why I do everything live. Uh, and I don't edit for content. Uh, because some of the most precious things come out of out of the mouths of people when they are not feeling scripted, and they're like this. By the way, has been a sensational episode because it's open, it's honest. We're having a good time, and people sense that. People will get that that we're yeah. having a good time talking to one another. And uh, I'm learning a lot from you. And uh, it's it's you are you are really dynamic. And I really appreciate uh, who you are. As a matter of fact, I'm so excited that you're going to come back tomorrow at noon on KKNW 1150 AM. That'll be fun. Yay! And <laughs> and you're going to love the the producer that we have. His name is uh, Nathan on Fridays, and he'll get involved. And it's it's just a it's a great time. Well, cool. we'll we'll have a lot of fun with it. But you are you are really dynamic. Where do you see yourself taking this? By the way, all the things you're doing. You know, I would like to find a moderate level of success with all of them. I don't have these aspirations. Okay, here's what here's the thing. Dollar signs don't drive me. Having a positive impact on people's lives does. And you can't put a dollar sign on that. Now, people might sit there and say, you're full of BS. But if you knew me personally, you'd know that I'm actually speaking the truth. I, I, I'm not going to blow smoke up anybody's anything. <laughs> Kazoo. Yeah. <laughs> Kazoo. There you go. I was going to say Dupa. It's <laughs> <laughs> right, my, no, my, my Polish coming out. My grandma always used to call my grandpa Dupayash. <laughs> Which, I don't know what that means, but I, that doesn't sound loving. It means. Butthead? Yo. Know. Dupayash. Dupa. Dupayash. Speaking of which, uh, tomorrow on the show, we have to follow the FCC rules on the radio show, which we don't have to follow here. But by the way, did anybody ever tell you you kind of look like Lily Tomlin? Lily Tomlin? No. Really? No. Uh, not now, but because she's she's old. And I, I, she might be dead now. <laughs> I was I, like, that's I'm like from Frankie and Grace. <laughs> I, I don't know that one but there was uh no That's anyway it's not it's on streaming it's it's jane fonda and lily tomlin they have a show like i think they're in like season seven they're hilarious um but they're in their 70s well yeah but when she was in, see i'm old enough to remember her when she was on laugh-in laugh-in and saturday night live wasn't she on saturday night live uh yes and uh she she did this yeah anyway but i would just you know because you I've, you have no i've not not had i've never heard that so that's well, interesting. have you ever heard of a guy by the name of wilford brimley yeah i get i get that all the time that you look like wilford brimley i'm gonna have to google him because i can't picture who it what his face looks like well, what can you do he what um do you remember the movie Cocoon? Yeah. Uh, the the older, uh, kind of heavy set. Okay. Okay. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. See. See. So everybody has a doppelganger somewhere. 
<laughs> I have no idea. What does doppelganger mean? That's like your twin. You have a twin somewhere. <clears throat> oh. Literally well, a full twin. There is, I have been told, and this is literally in the same county where I live. I will have people come up to me and say, hey, I yelled at you on the street the other day. You didn't even acknowledge me. And I said, it wasn't me. And they're going, <laughs> yes, it was. And I went, I wasn't in town yesterday. But I've gotten that so many times over the years. And people, they said, Kim, you've got someone who looks exactly like you. The same build. You walk the same way. The Like the same profile. I have like the slight bump in my nose. They're like, it's exactly this person. And, and I would love to finally meet this person because they're probably getting yelled Kim all the time. And they're like, who is this Kim person? <laughs> but that's what a doppelganger is. It's your, your, your twin somewhere. Everybody has one. I will. I believe that. I believe that. So, so, so you're going to continue doing what you're doing. Oh, I wanted to ask you because I graduated from high school in 1975. The Vietnam War ended in that year, 73 more so, but it, it, they, they flew out of, you know, the helicopters lift off in 75. Yeah. And I knew quite a number of people growing up that were Vietnam vets and how shabbily we as a country treated those guys who, by and large, were drafted into the military and for, were fulfilling their obligation when they went to Vietnam. And it wasn't a choice that they made. And we treated them so poorly that when they came back and so many of them ended up homeless and many of them took their own lives and stuff. I, can you talk about the work that you do with the vets a little bit? Because I think it's so damned important. It, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned Vietnam vets because the veteran posts that I am a life member of now, I'm not old enough to be a Vietnam vet, but our veteran post, it's called the veterans of the Vietnam war. Um, and they're open to anybody honorably discharged from any era. And I'm known as the kid because I'm the youngest one because they're all hitting 70 and over now. Yeah. Um, but I've been a member, a life member there for over 25 years now. And uh, those are the guys, they're, they're all my big brothers, you know, and I'm their little sister and it's a family. We, we are true. We truly are a family and we look out for one another because a lot of times only another vet will understand you. A lot of times um, I'm a veteran myself and um, I live with PTSD and that's something that you don't share with just, you know, casual conversation. And it took me years to acknowledge that I had some things I probably needed to deal with. And it was those guys, the Vietnam vets, combat vets that came up to me one day and said, all right, kid, we don't know what you're going through, but we recognize the signs. And if you don't go to the VA and talk to somebody, we will drag you there. Because I had become very ill, lost a lot of weight, wasn't sleeping. I was smoking like a chimney. Thankfully, I never was drinking or doing drugs or anything like that. And I never thought of taking my own life. But I was in a very, very dark place. And I told them, F you. I don't need any help. Leave me alone. A week later, they drug me to the VA. Kicking and screaming. Yeah. And MFing them. And yeah, I was, it, I was a totally different person. Totally different person back then. And, uh, they took me, and at that time, this was quite a while ago, at that time, there was nothing in the VA in place for female veterans, and there was certainly no female counselors, and so there I am in front of a male counselor, and the first thing he said was, we don't know what to do with you. We have nothing in place for you, for what you've been through being a female. I said, well, at least you're honest. 
And that was literally all I said. We sat there and stared at each other for 45 minutes. I said nothing. And those guys, those Vietnam vets from that point on have all my respect and all my thankfulness. They've got my heart and I have had their six for years and they've had my six for years in many, many ups and downs in our lives, many. And from that, gosh, I will do whatever I can to help a veteran who's struggling, whether it's giving them my last 10 bucks, whether it's getting them some clothes because they're homeless or soon to be homeless. They're living in their car. They're sick. They might need counseling. They need something or they're just afraid because of what's going on in here. It's scary. And sometimes it's only another veteran who will get it, who will understand that darkness because that darkness is scary. It's very hard to face your own demons. It's very hard. And when you have another veteran share that is so humbling and so courageous on their part, but what a huge blessing. Cause I'm like, Oh my goodness. They, now I know how to help them. Now I know what I can possibly do. And I wouldn't change any, I'm going to start crying. I would not change how many tears I've shed, how many hugs I've had from smelly, stinky, homeless men. I wouldn't change any of that because everybody that I've tried along with so many people, the men and women in my post, you see these people now thriving and they had nothing. They were living in their car. One gentleman was living in a shack with a dirt floor. Oh, a shack with a dirt floor. And we're like, not on our watch, soldier. Not on our watch. So I will not stop doing what I do for veterans. And I won't stop sharing their stories because they need to be heard. And hopefully, by God, lessons will be learned from it. And we won't have to keep making, as a country, the same mistakes over and over again and putting people in situations that they never should have been put in to begin with. Um, you know, I, I will always support our men and women in the military. Always, always, always. And I will defend that to anyone who wants to argue with me. Actually, I won't argue with them. <laughs> I don't argue with people. I just, you know, I'll, I'll wave my flag and walk away. First of all, Thank you for your service. Yeah. I'm sorry that what happened to you happened to you. Um, and, and the circumstances are not important to share. But it was horrific for you. I can't imagine. If you haven't been through it, if you haven't gone and been in combat or, or seen friends of yours being combat, and the, and the things that happened to them and just being in the military it can be my my uncle my uncle uh, uh, basically died because he was in the military he, he got uh, in those days this is back in 1971 in those days it was just called uh he was depressed right and so they would give him uppers for him to wake up in the morning downers for him to go to bed at night and that's all they could do for him. They had and drink in between. And drink in between. And so he ended up walking up. Uh, he was at uh, Western State Hospital in Western Washington. And he, he wanted to come to our house, we think. The only way he knew how to get up there was to uh, go up I-5. So he started walking up I-5 in the middle of the night and was hit by seven cars, uh, they think. Um, and he, he obviously passed away yeah. and it was because of his service in the military and he was there in the sixties. So he was, he, if he wasn't in Vietnam, he knew guys that had been and, right. and, and all of that, but it's still happening today because yes, we is. still have, we still have people from Iraq and from Afghanistan and, and the various places that we have sent our children 
to go fight our old white men wars that make no sense to anybody anyway. My, my niece, my niece is currently across the pond. So is my son. Yeah. My son's in the Air Force and in, in, in London currently. Well, my, my niece is in the Army and she's at an undisclosed location. That, so, you, that we're always happy when we hear from her. And that's that that means she's in harm's way somewhere. Undisclosed undisclosed location. Yeah. Yeah. People can read between the lines. I've gotten really good at it. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I didn't anticipate that this conversation was gonna go there. And go where it's gone. And uh, my heart, number one, goes out to you. I'm, I'm, I'm so impressed with the human being that you are, and and the and the feelings that you have for, for people. It's just, it's you. You're you're a stud. <laughs> you're a studette. <laughs> and, That's and, a new one. <laughs> I'm a Lily Tomlin lookalike studette. Exactly. <laughs> And and you're funny and you're 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 engaging and you've got uh, great energy and you care and um, I will do everything that I can do uh, now or in the future to support you and your work. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's so been it, an absolute pleasure to be on your show. I mean, I I love meeting people of like mind and with the same kind of heart. So I thank you for your heart as well. It has been well. We're going to have more fun tomorrow. That'll 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 be great. And that you know, in my in my world in my life, things happen for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. There's a reason why the gal canceled for yet tomorrow's show. It's because it cleared the way for you to be on the show tomorrow. Because there's somebody in Seattle who's going to be driving at lunchtime, and you they're they're going to listen to that show that we're going to do, and it's going to help them. Yes. And isn't that amazing? That's all there is. Yeah. That we're given the opportunity to do that. Now, for me, I'm a Christian. So I feel like God's, whenever I say nudging, that's God, the big guy nudging me. Yeah. He's, he's opening up those doors. And it's very cool to see how he works sometimes. Um, I'm, I grew up Lutheran. I've got more of a spiritual Eastern bent to me, but it doesn't matter because it's the same in my mind. It's just, it's the exact same thing. Yes. And I, don't, I do not need to put any labels on it right? because it is what just happens and it comes from inside you. It comes from inside your heart. And so if anybody gets anything from this podcast today, I hope that they will get this. Follow your heart. Do what your heart tells you is the best thing for you, for your family, and follow through and do it. And follow your passion. I agree. I knew you would. We could make a song. <laughs> we could, as a matter we, of fact. We could make a song about follow your passion and your heart. There probably well, is. There might be a song like that, but it wouldn't be like ours. So... You know, I did you ever see Braveheart the movie? No, I actually couldn't bring myself to watch it. Sometimes I can't watch shows like that because they rip me apart. I know, I, I get it. And um, what it's one of my favorite movies, uh, because of it, it's it's done really well, but there's a scene in it where um, um, William Wallace's father and his brother are go to fight the British and they die in it and they bring the bodies back to the house and they are dressing the bodies and getting ready for a burial. And his, and William Wallace is sitting there and he's kind of daydreaming and his father, who's dead at this point, turns his head, looks at him. It's kind of like a dream state thinking, looks at him and says, your heart is free. Have the courage to follow it. And that, that is like my mantra. Your heart is free. Have the courage to follow it. Wow, that's deep. We, and, could, we could make a really good song. <laughs> we could, and I know people that know how to write music, too. Yeah, I was going to say, I can sing, but I can't write music. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, um, I actually have a, had a guy that uh, his name is Tommy Tika, and uh, he wrote a song for me. Uh, oh, for my cool. show. Yeah. And Do you have so, a jingle for your shows? Do you have a, like a? Did you write a song like a jingle for your shows? He 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 had. I asked him if he had a song that I could use in in the course of my show, and uh, um, and he said, I think I've got one that may work. Um, and so, but he hadn't finished it yet. And so, in this in this one. But, and he's got words too, and he took the words out for this. Yeah. I like it. I can well, yeah. I can hear other things in my head jumping in there. Yeah, and then we just. So there this you is go. Called Fire and Ice. This is my favorite part. So I use this for the opening and for the chill here tomorrow and, and stuff like that. And so I'm incorporating this into everything really that I do. That's cool. I like it. Well, you and I are of the same age, so it's it's not not well. You're a ton younger than me, but uh, um, <laughs> you and I are the same age, but not even close. <laughs> well, this I I meant to say no, the same I, era. I, I understand. When did you say you graduated high school? Nineteen seventy-five. Okay, yeah. Uh, a few I'm about, years. Yeah, I, I got at least a decade and a half on you. No, eleven. <laughs> I well, graduated in 86. Oh, geez. I remember 1986 very, very well. So, so that means, <laughs> so let me ask you, 86. So that meant 70. You were born in 68 or 69. Yeah. I rem- <clears throat> 68. Yeah. And you missed out on the Beatles. You missed out on, uh, on, on the JFK assassin. Not, that's not much to miss but out. But the on. Beatles. My parents listened to, so I grew up listening to the Beatles and the Mamas and the Papas and the Kingston Trio. Oh, I like your parents already. And all of that. So that's what I grew up listening to. Yes, so did my kids. They had no choice. Yeah. Yeah. So, by, by the way, Kim, I, 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 we've been doing this an hour. I got to let you go. Uh, cause you're, I didn't even realize it's been an hour. I'm just sitting here talking. <laughs> and I, and we're going to talk more tomorrow, but I want to thank you so much. And before we go, I want to give you the opportunity to talk to our audience that's listening now. And there have been some that have been listening uh, and um, the ones that will be listening in the future. I want you to tell them anything that you would like them to know. You know, we, we oh, my goodness, we talked about so much. Folks, just be true to yourself. Don't let other people tell you how you should be. You know what you're good at, what you're passionate about. You have that hidden talent that you've never had a chance to let shine. You know, don't let that, don't let your light dim so much that it goes out. No matter the circumstance of what your life might be. Life, life can be pretty poopy at times. Don't let your light go out. Reach out to somebody else to help them, you know, have someone help you fan that flame. Don't let your light go out. The world needs your light. The world is a better place because your light is in it. So don't let your light go out. That's all I have to say. I couldn't say it any better. And we'll leave it with that. Kim, thank you so much for being here. And go to her website, which is Kim Langsang, LangLangAuthor.com. LangLangAuthor.com. That's L-E-N-G-L-I-N-G, Author.com. You can find out all the things that she's doing. Support her. Um, buy stuff in her shop, please. 
you need to keep doing this and how and however you can do that you need to be supported in that um so to make sure that this woman can continue to do the work she's doing because it is friggin awesome <laughs> thank you thank you very much i had a, i had a wonderful time tonight this was this was great thanks so much for having me on I was going to say another word entirely, but I decided I'd keep it clean. But uh, you're friggin' awesome. <laughs> you too. <laughs> it's the mutual admiration society right now. Well, but you know, I got I just got to tell you, and then I'm going to let you go. It's not very often I get to talk to somebody who is, is just like me, only different. <laughs> Never mind. So. I'm female exactly a female and, version and i used to be a male but that's a story for another time so anyway <laughs> so thank you so much and uh and stay right where you are i'll be right back all right hey thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end please give us a like and subscribe to this channel this has been a production of positivetalkradio.net please visit our website oddly named positivetalkradio.net for more details about us and our mission which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all i'm kevin mcdonald and i'm proud of these shows and i truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family so on behalf of our entire team remember be kind to one another because each other's all we got.